Section 4 of Essays on Art. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Essays on Art by Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. Translated by Samuel Gray Ward. Section 4. The subject being happily found or invented, then comes the treatment, which may be divided into spiritual, sensible, and mechanical. The spiritual elaborates the subject with reference to its inward relations, discovers the subordinate motives, and as the choice of subject furnishes in general the best criterion of the depth of artistic feeling, so the development of the motives is the measure of its richness, breadth, fullness, and refinement. By the sensible, we mean that treatment that makes the work comprehensible and pleasurably satisfactory to the sense, and by its mild charm satisfies what was felt as an imperative demand. Finally, the mechanical treatment is that which operates through a bodily organ upon certain fixed materials, giving to the work existence and reality. Whilst it is our earnest wish and hope to be useful to artists, so far as they may avail themselves here and there of our counsel or experience, we cannot refrain from making the impressive observation that every undertaking, as well as every man, is exposed to the influences of his time, equally for good or evil, and we cannot, in our own case, entirely put aside the question what reception we are to look for. Everything is subject to eternal change, and when things cannot exist together, they thrust one another aside. The same is true of knowledge, of the training to certain practices, of modes of representation, and of maxims. The objects of men remain always nearly the same. The man still desires to be a good artist, a good poet, just as he did in past ages. But the means by which the objects are to be attained are not apparent to all, and why should we deny that nothing would be more agreeable than to bring about great designs in sport? The public has naturally a great influence upon art, and in return for its applause and its money, it expects a work that shall afford it unmixed satisfaction and pleasure, and the artist is, for the most part, happy to accommodate himself to this expectation, for he too is a part of the public. He received his cultivation in the same days and years, he feels the same wants, his efforts have the same direction, and thus he consents to accompany the multitude that carries him on, and that he animates. Thus we have seen whole nations and epochs enchanted with their artists, and artists in turn mirrored in their nation and their age, without either having the least suspicion that their way was perhaps not the true way, their taste at the least partial, their art on the decline, their efforts wrongly directed. Instead of spreading into general remarks, let us here make an observation that has a particular relation to plastic art. For the German artist, and for the artist of the modern and northern nations, the transition from the formless to form, or even having attained form, to hold it fast, is hard, nay, almost impossible. Let any artist who has spent some time in Italy ask himself whether the presence of the best works of ancient and modern art did not inspire him with the desire of studying and imitating the human figure in its proportions, forms, and character, and to spare no care and pains in this pursuit, to approximate to those self-existent works and produce something to satisfy the sense, and at the same time raise the soul to its highest regions. But he must also confess that after his return, he remitted by degrees those efforts, because he found few persons who saw truly what was depicted, but rather such only as regard a work superficially, in order to have something agreeable suggested, and after their fashion feel and enjoy somewhat. 
The worst picture can speak to our perception and imagination, for it sets them in motion, makes them free, and leaves them to themselves. The best speaks also to our perceptions, but a higher language which we are bound to hear. It chains the feelings and the imagination. It holds us fast in spite of ourselves. We cannot act our will with the perfect. We are compelled to give ourselves up to it, to receive ourselves back again, raised and ennobled. That these are no dreams, we shall endeavor by degrees to prove in our treatment of details, and we shall call particular notice to one contradiction in which the moderns so often get entangled. They call the ancients their teachers, they attribute to their works an unapproachable perfection, and keep out of sight, both in theory and practice, those very maxims which the ancients constantly adhered to. Leaving this important point, to which we shall often have occasion to return, we find others of which some notice should be taken. One of the most striking signs of the decay of art is when we see its separate provinces mixed up together. The arts themselves, as well as their varieties, are closely related to each other and have a great tendency to unite, and even lose themselves in each other. But herein lies the duty, the merit, the dignity of the true artist, that he knows how to separate that department in which he labors from the others, and, as far as may be, isolates it. It has been noticed that all plastic art tends towards painting, all poetry to the drama, and this remark may hereafter be the occasion of important observations. The genuine, law-giving artist strives after artistic truth, the lawless following a blind instinct after an appearance of naturalness. The former leads to the highest pinnacle of art, the latter to its lowest step. This is no less true of the separate arts than of art in general. The sculptor must think and feel differently from the painter and must go to work differently to execute a work in relief from what he would do with a round and complete piece of statuary. When the work in low relief comes to be brought out more and more, and by degrees parts and figures are brought out from the ground, at last buildings and landscapes admitted, and thus a work produced, half picture, half puppet show, true art is on the decline, and it is to be deplored that excellent artists have in later times taken this direction. End of section 4 Recording by Cam Davis